Welcome to Freedom Through Faith. Prepare to be blessed as pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau leads us into the anointed study of the Word of God, teaching and empowering you how to impact your world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, teaching you how to receive the blessings and provisions of God and how to walk through this life with Freedom Through Faith. And now, here's Pastor Robert Thibodeau. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hello, everyone, everywhere. This is Pastor Robert Thibodeau. Welcome to Freedom Through Faith. We're so blessed that you could join us. You take time out of your busy busy schedule to, to come join us as we search the scriptures and and are led by the Spirit through the Word of God that edifies the body of Christ and delivers sinners from an eternal hell. Amen. We're just so blessed to be able to share the Scriptures with you. Let's go to the Lord with a word of prayer. And we'll thank Him for this day. We'll thank Him for the study we're about to enter into. Father, in Jesus' name we come this day, thanking You and praising You. Thanking you for your word that became flesh. Thanking you for salvation that's offered through Jesus alone. Thanking you, Father, for opening the scriptures to us, leading us by your Holy Spirit this day, that all things may come together for good. That all things will work together for the furtherance of your gospel into this earth. To you we give honor, glory, and praise. And we ask you to lead us through this study now in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Join me in our confession of faith, commonly referred to as the Apostles' Creed, as the foundation upon which we build each and every study. Glory to God. Just repeat these words after me and ponder them in your heart. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell, and the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sits now at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. And he's coming from there soon to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe the church is the body of Christ. I believe in the communion of saints. I believe in the forgiveness of sins. I believe in the resurrection of the body. And I believe in life everlasting. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 25. This is the story of the ten virgins and their lamps and we're going to go over this a little bit different than what you have probably heard this taught as. I know I personally have taught it, looking at the ten virgins, five wise, five foolish, and the oil and the lamps was representation of the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit, having Jesus inside you, five didn't, five did, and... and you know, we looked at the study of the bridegroom coming for his church and how the five who were ready were escorted in 
to the banquet and the doors were shut. The five others came, hey, let us in, let us in. We're supposed to be there too. And he said, I didn't know you. I mean, I've, I've studied that. I've heard others study that. I've heard others preach about it. I've preached about it. But I want to look at something that I would say 90% of the body of Christ overlooks. And I have not heard anybody preach about it. But the Holy Spirit led this verse to me. And I want to share it with you now. Let's go ahead and start reading in verse 1 in Matthew chapter 25. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were were wise and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps but took no oil with them. The wise took oil in their vessels also with their lamps. And while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom comes, go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us your oil, uh, some of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. And the wise said, No, unless there's not enough for us and you. You should go to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward, those that were not ready came also, the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. And he answered from inside and said, Verily I say unto you, I don't know you. Watch therefore, for you don't know the day nor the hour when the Son of Man comes. Amen. All right. You've heard that story before. You've heard pastors and ministers and preachers speak about this story. And what, if I, if you were here live in front of me and I were to ask you, what can we glean from this story? Some people would say, you know, that the ten represent, you know, the whole body. The five wise, five foolish, you know, goes right along before with what Jesus said with one will be taken, one left. The vessels represents uh, the body, your body. The oil represents the Holy Spirit, right? Uh, the call at midnight represents, you know, the rapture of the church and, and that, uh, you know, the ones that were ready went in, the ones that didn't will be left behind saying, we're supposed to go too, and Jesus will answer, I don't know you. That's the gist of most of the preaching. Let's go look, though, at what I believe is the most significant part of this story. While the bridegroom tarried, now let's stop there for a second and set the the groundwork for this. In the Jewish culture of this day, when a man and woman decided they were going to be married, there was a betrothal period. She was betrothed to him. In all facts and circumstances, they were now married. There was a betrothal ceremony and all that. But there were no relations no intimate relations. And the man then went back to his father's house and prepared there a new home, an addition, where he and his wife would live. Him and his father, they would work on it. 
building this place where he and the bride would live. When the father said it was ready, the son would go get the father of the bride who would come and inspect it. And once he gave his approval to, yes, this is a good place for my, wife, for my daughter to, to live and be your wife, then a ceremony was declared, usually a week long, and at that time, the bridegroom would come, take his bride, after the wedding ceremony, wedding feast, they would then return to the father's house. And that's where they would live. The bride was translated out of her, her father's house and into the father of the bridegroom's house. And you can put all the analogies together and you can see uh, the story there about what is happening to us as the body of Christ. Amen? We were betrothed to Jesus. When you became born again, you were betrothed to him. You have not yet gone to heaven, if you're listening to this broadcast. You're still waiting for the bridegroom to come. You're waiting for Jesus to come and take you away. Amen? Jesus himself said, I am going to prepare a place for you in my Father's house. All right? So this is what's happening right now. The story here, if we come back down to verse 5, while the bridegroom tarried, so they were waiting, they're waiting, they're waiting, they're waiting, they're waiting. He hasn't come yet. They're still waiting. They started to get tired. Verse 5, they slumbered and slept. All of them slumbered and slept. What does? What's the difference between slumbered and slept? Slumbered means they were getting weary and going about their duties. And they slept. They were asleep. The church, folks, today is asleep. Asleep at the wheel, you could say. Those who are not asleep are slumbering. They're going about their duties. You know, they're going down to the homeless shelter and helping out. They're going to feed the homeless. They're going to the... uh, rescue centers for battered women and they're sending missionaries out into the field and and they're you know mailing out tracks not very many people go door knocking nowadays most of it's done by mail uh you know they're holding meetings they're preaching blah 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 that's slumbering unless you're fired up for god that's slumbering and the whole body slept That's what the scripture says. All of them slumbered and slept. Verse 6, And at midnight, now this is saying the middle of the night. Remember the Jewish clock ran basically from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. The crack of dawn to sunset. But that was the basic premise is 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. was considered day, and 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. was considered night. So if the middle of the night, it would be midnight. Amen. In the middle of the night, at midnight, when when it's the darkest, I would venture to say that the world we live in today, we could say it is definitely midnight. We are in the middle of the darkest time the earth has ever known. With man upon it. I mean, you have a, uh, I'll just say, ISIS 
rising in the Middle East, taking it over. You have the Muslim Brotherhood, which was the hope of the Obama administration for peace in the Middle East. Come to find out, they're one of the most feared terrorist organizations over there other than ISIS. And the people of Egypt rose up and kicked them out and arrested the president, trying him for all the murders that were committed. ISIS has taken over basically from Syria all the way down the river Euphrates through Iraq. If you look at a map of the territory they hold, it's all along the river Euphrates, which goes right along with what the Bible says, where four angels will be loosed at the river Euphrates that have been held there in bondage for this day and this hour. And this is what you can see happening right now. Am I saying we're in the middle of the tribulation? No. I'm saying it's at midnight right now. The darkest hour. Which Jesus said, you will not know the day nor hour, but you'll know the season. You'll be able to discern. Matter of fact, let's go over there. Uh, I believe it's in, let's look over here in Matthew chapter 10. I believe it is. Let's see. Oh, glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. Uh, nope, that's not it. At any rate, Jesus saying, you can discern, you know, you say it's a red sky at night, be good weather tomorrow, and you're right. And he says, it's red, a red sky in the morning, lower, lowing clouds. And you say it's going to rain today, and you're right. You can discern the time, the, the skies, and, and how it's going to affect you, but you're blind to the spiritual season in which you live. So you, you won't see the hour, or you won't know the hour nor the day, but you should know the season. And what he's saying to the Pharisees is that you, you've, you know the scriptures, you know all the prophecies, and you also know I've fulfilled all of them. And yet you do not recognize me as the Messiah. And when the disciples asked him when he was returning for to establish his kingdom, that's when he called out the Pharisees again, saying, you're blind. You don't see what's happening. And that's what's happening in our time, our day, our time, and our nation right now. I would venture to say most of the body of Christ is going about their business, which is called slumbering in the text we just read, or they ignore it at all. Well, que sera, sera, what, be, what may be will be. And that's sleeping. But here in Matthew 25, at midnight there was a cry made. Behold, the bridegroom comes. Go ye out to meet him. This is the scripture we're going to focus on the rest of this broadcast. At midnight there was a cry made. Here comes the bridegroom. Go out and meet him. My question for you today that I want you to think about. Who is the one who is crying out? Who's the one who is awake while everybody else slept? Who is the one who recognized at the midnight hour 
in the middle of the night with no street lights, no headlights on cars or anything like that. Complete darkness. Who was the one who was awake on the wall watching over the city? Who was the one who identified in the dark, in the midst of the midnight hour? Who was the one who could identify the bridegroom coming? And since there's ten brides that are ready, you can almost see that this is not some poor beggar man. This is a rich person. And it's throughout the scriptures... They travel in caravans. Now, I'm not saying there was, you know, 40, 50 camels and all this other stuff loaded up, but he was not riding on a, you know, on a donkey all by himself. There was a troop with him. And he said, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out and meet him. Who was this person that was watching on the wall? That's the question I have for you today. Who was this person? Well, let's go over to Matthew chapter 10, since that's where we are headed. Jesus telling his disciples in verse 7, As you go, in other words, you're going somewhere, and as you go, if you're going to work, well, as you go, preach. You're going to school? Well, as you go, preach. You're going to the grocery store? Well, as you go, preach. You're going to get gas in your car? Well, as you go, preach. You're going for a walk? Well, as you go, preach. Saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That sounds like our person there when a cry was made at midnight saying, the bridegroom's coming. Here, Jesus saying, you go and preach saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. It is time for the fulfillment of all things to take place. The kingdom of heaven is here. It's at hand. It's right now. Another way of saying this is just like we read in the scriptures of Matthew 25. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. We can say the kingdom of heaven is coming. It's at hand. It's here. He's almost here. He's ready to come in. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's nearing. Then what else are you supposed to do as you declare that the kingdom of heaven is at hand? Well, verse 8. To prove what you are saying is true. Heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received. What's he talking about? What is he talking about? What have we freely received? Jesus gave them power. Over in verse 1, chapter 10, Matthew 10, verse 1. He called to him his twelve disciples and gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of diseases. Here he says, freely you have received this power, so freely give to those you meet, is what he's saying basically. Since you've received this freely, you did nothing to earn it. It's a gift. I'm giving you this power. That's what verse 10 says. He gave them power. Since you freely received, freely give. Amen.
Hallelujah. Go down to verse 27. What I tell you in darkness, there's the midnight hour again. What Jesus tells you in the midnight hour, speak it in the light. What you hear in your ear, I can't remember the scripture right now, but in the Old Testament it says that his angels will whisper in your ear, this is the way, walk ye in it, if they turn to the right or to the left. Here he says, what I tell you in the midnight hour, declare in the light. What you hear in your ear, preach that on the housetops. Glory to God. Do not fear them. A lot of people say, well, if I did that, Brother Bob, what would people think of me? They'd think I'm some Bible thumper or some nut. What do you care? The, the ten virgins, five had oil, five didn't. The five didn't. They still wanted to go to the wedding ceremony. They wanted to be married. They wanted to go in and, and live with the bridegroom. They wanted to go inside. But they decided they would rather slumber and sleep, not worrying about having oil in their vessels, not worrying about what they would need to have ready. And here you see Jesus saying in response to those who say, what would people think if, if I was to witness to somebody at work and they got mad and then they went and complained and said that I was trying to push my religion on them and I could lose my job over there. Who cares? Who gave you the job? Well, uh, the company I work for, they're very liberal in their policies. Oh, well, who cares? Maybe Jesus is ready to move you out of that place. You know, trust him for the job. He knows your needs. He says, whatever your needs are, I'll take care of it. Amen. Philippians 4.19 says, Our God supplies our needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. They know, the Father and the Son know our needs. Our needs are met. That's not will be met. That's our met. God will supply all our needs at some point in time in the future. No. All we need has already been taken care of. Glory to God. Don't fear them, which could kill the body, and then they are not able to kill the soul. But rather fear him, which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Amen. Over in verse 32. Whosoever, well, that's you, Touch your chest and say, I am a whosoever. Whosoever, therefore, that shall confess me before men, him I will confess also before my Father who's in heaven. If you don't shy away from representing Jesus in your daily life, in school, at work, wherever you may be, as you go preach that the kingdom of heaven and Jesus Christ is at hand, if you don't shy away from that, him I will confess before my Father in heaven that he belongs to me. Glory to God. But whosoever shall deny me before men. Are you one of them Bible-thumping Christians? Oh, no, not me. I, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. But I, you know, I think every person should be able to, to you know, uh, interpret the Bible 
according to their own beliefs. You know, I mean, I believe that you know everybody, everybody, if they're nice and they're good, they'll go to heaven someday. No, they won't. The Bible is absolutely one hundred percent clear on that point. And if you waver when questioned like that, whosoever shall deny me, deny that Jesus is the only way, deny that Jesus is the coming Messiah, deny that Jesus has already paid the price in his blood, if you deny that before men, him also, I, I, Jesus speaking, him also Jesus will deny before the heavenly Father who's in heaven. You do not want that to happen. If you get called on the carpet at your work, saying, what's this I hear about you uh, handing out tracts at lunch? Or what's this I hear about you talking to your fellow co-workers about coming to your church? What's this I hear about you saying that you know only those who believe in Jesus Christ will go to heaven? Don't you know we have three Muslim people working here? They got offended at what, the, at what they heard you say? What are you going to say then? Come on, hero. What are you going to say? When your boss calls you on the car, like, these Muslims over here got offended when they heard you talking about Jesus. You need to stop talking about Jesus. This is not your home. This is not your church. You're here to do a job. Well, that's true. You are there to do a job. Your job is to represent Jesus. Not to make widgets or anything else. Oh, you may be making widgets as part of your job. But your job is to represent Jesus. Your job is to represent him wherever you are at. That's your job. 24 hours a day. Even when you're sleeping, you're supposed to represent Jesus. Amen. When you get up in the morning... What's the first thing you do? It better be pray. I mean, you better get up saying, Thank you, Lord, for this day. Order my steps. Allow me a chance to witness. Glory to God. You go to work. Do you leave Jesus outside? All right, Lord, I listened to your CD on the way to work. Time for me to go in. You got to stay in the car. and You leave Jesus sitting in the car. I'm not talking about CDs and all that. I'm talking about the presence of the Holy Spirit. You should have Jesus inside you. Just ready to come out like a sponge that's full. You're sitting there holding it. You you know it's full of water. And as soon as you touch it, water runs out. That's how you ought to be. Someone comes up to you and says, I heard we're getting a raise. Don't go complaining about what little bit you're getting. So that's about time this sorry place gave us a raise. No, praise God. Right there in front of everybody. I hear we're getting a raise. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. I've been praying about that. See the difference? You have just heard a message of encouragement from anointed pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau with Freedom Through Faith Ministries in Baltimore, Maryland. For more information on the Freedom Through Faith Ministries or to invite Pastor Thibodeau to your church, please visit our website, www.ftfm.org. That's FTFM for Freedom Through Faith Ministries. Again, that's ftfm.org. Until 
Until next time, when we gather together around the Word of God, be blessed. And remember, we serve an awesome God.